Brigade, attention. Matt Dalton, signing off. Marshall in the middle. What's up, brother? Good to see you. Good to see you, man. How are you? It's been, it's been a minute. Hey, hang on one second. You hear that? What are they saying? That is our uh, our three times a day food announcement here in quarantine. They have a PA system and they announce when we're allowed to open up the doors and get our chow. So uh, they're going to do another announcement here for, for my room in a second. And then uh, I'll run and grab it real quick. Pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. Well, sounds, sounds good. Sounds exciting. So, uh, so tell me about where you're at and what's going on. You're in Australia, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, we're in Brisbane and um, on uh, I think day eight of quarantine. Um, we're here for an exercise. Got the brigade headquarters here, uh, battalion headquarters, and one of the Patriot batteries here. And we're going to conduct a live fire next week, Patriot live fire. Um, and then uh, uh, just a kind of an FTX with uh, some guys from 4th ID and then, of course, the, the Australians. So it should be fun. So you're a battalion commander or brigade commander or what, tell me what you're doing now. Yeah, I'm uh, 38th ADA, um, 38th uh, ADA brigade. We stood up about two and a half years ago, three, almost three years ago now. Yeah. And yep. so where are you headquartered at? Uh, we're on the uh, mainland of Japan, uh, probably about an hour or so outside of Tokyo, a place called uh, Sagami Depot. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Camp Zama at all, uh, but there's a couple, I mean, it's a small, small uh, footprint. Uh, matter of fact, ours is the largest footprint in, uh, in, in Japan, but, you know, we got one, one um, down in Okinawa. It's one of the battalions. And then, um, you know, we got a couple other separates kind of all over the battlefield out here in the Pacific. So it's fun. Wow. So, so it's it's interesting that you're deploying for an exercise and yet you are holed up in a hotel. That's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, Australia is pretty strict, and um, so it's mandatory regardless of uh, uh, vaccine status. Um, there's hundred percent everybody. Doesn't matter. Uh, everybody, you know exceptions to this are, are, are up at like the, the senior levels of the government type of thing. So um, yeah, no, uh, no exceptions, but it's working for them. I mean, they got a pretty low COVID count, um, a pretty low vaccine status right now. I've been tracking it, you know, watching their local news, but um, they're getting there, but this is, this is how they're, how they're controlling it in their area. So obviously we gotta, we gotta play by the rules. How do you get everybody to be so, so, it seems like they'd be so tense up in some hotel room for, you know, 10 days or 14 days or whatever. That's wild. Yeah, they, they're, you know, the, the, the Aussies made it pretty comfortable 
uh, as possible. You know, unfortunately, we can't go out at all. You know, we can't, like I said, that you heard the announcement, we can only open the door when they tell us to, we got to put the mask on and stuff like that. Um, but uh, we're able to order exercise equipment, right? So uh, we can rent it from like a local shop and they deliver it to their liaisons and the liaisons bring it up to the door. So I got, uh, you know, like a stationary bike, a couple of dumbbells and a couple of little things to, you know, work out, you know, five hours a day. <laughs> So are y'all able to get together or do y'all have to each stay separate also? Oh, this is great. I love it. All right. So let me, I'll show you the process. Put my mask on before I open oh, the door. Uh... That's it, man. That's the process. Got my bag of uh, bag of Something chow. Something happened and you're muted. You hear me now? I think something you changed. Yeah, I got you now. Okay, maybe because I was moving around a little bit. Yeah, I so that's it. That's the you. process. Oh, that's cool. That is great. That is so great. So, um, yeah. So y'all are going to do a live fire in Australia. Does uh, being below the equator affect the missiles differently? <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> I think it's the first time. <laughs> I don't know. So you know that that's cool. Who's who owns the missiles? I, I assume these are U.S. missiles we're shooting. Yeah, yeah. So what they'll do is uh, when we when we request, um, you know, they'll they'll dig up like the oldest couple of missiles in the inventory and kind of, you know, uh, use those. Um, obviously, not going to fire the best stuff, but um, yeah, now it's going to be fantastic. Um, going to have a great great exercise with them. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, who the Aussie that was there when uh, when we were at the schoolhouse together. Lopsick, Tim Lopsick. Was it okay yeah. yeah i couldn't remember if it was lopsick or 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 uh, or b galvin um but uh I know yeah galvin so i've been in contact too, yeah. with uh yeah i've yeah, been in contact with bead and uh and another one of our our buddies rich uh who was after bead and uh, hopefully we'll be able to link up with those guys uh, but the they have a regiment you know it's a really a couple of um a couple of units but uh the regiment that they that the the ADA batteries fall under uh, 16th Reg is out here. So we'll be working with them. And we worked with them a little bit uh, when I was up at the 94th um, in Hawaii, worked with, uh, with them as partners. So it'll be good to see some friends. Tell me a little bit about, about young, you know, I remember you as a captain, but tell me, tell me more about you as a, as a, as a child, you know, where, where are you from? I'm from a small town in Connecticut called Portland. And so it's like the other Portland, you know, in Portland, Maine, Portland, Oregon, now Portland, Connecticut, baby, uh, right along the, the Connecticut River. Um, and um, yeah, it's a real small town. Um, like, I mean, you know the deal, driving across uh, cross country, every small town basically looks the same. Um, 
So it, it's kind of like that. I think we had, uh, I graduated with about 60 people. Um, so it was a small, small high school. Uh, but yeah, grew, grew up there, grew up in Portland, got an older sister, younger brother. Uh, they're still all basically in that same area, uh, extremely successful people. Uh, and then my parents are still, um, still over there as well. That's great. That's great. Did, did you always want to join the army or come down a career path or how did you end up as an officer? Tell me all that. Yeah, I got a lot of family, uh, in the military that were in the military. My dad was in the Navy. Um, my grandfather and my uncle were in the Marines. Uh, my other uncle was, uh, uh, a Huey pilot in the army. Uh, i got a cousin. Uh, I got a, a bunch of, bunch of people that, uh, I guess kind of influenced me growing up, but I never really thought about it to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, it is what it is. I guess I went to a military college. I, I don't know why I did. I just went, uh, called Norwich university up in Vermont. And, um, and it was a pretty good experience. Got a, a lot of good, good friends out of it. it small, small school as well. Um, and uh, I enlisted when I was when I was there at college. Uh, did a reserve program with uh, with the Marines. So I kind of had that tie with uh, um, my uncle and my grandfather. Um, and then uh, when I when I graduated, I went into the I changed to the Army Department my senior year in college um and um yeah and then went one army so was air defense your first choice how did how did you end up being branched in the air defense yeah you know i i didn't even know what it was because the um the, the whole time i was in college you know when you're in the marines the marine department the first two years is is navy so i was in the navy department for two years like freaking racking my brains about trying to figure out what a damn nuclear sub is and all that stuff like I was clueless and um, I mean I barely made it out of there uh, out of those classes and uh, and so when I transferred over my senior year I had to cram all the I had to take two two years worth of uh, of ROTC because I believe that's the minimum um, so I had to take junior year and senior year of uh, ROTC and then I had to do the uh the camps and all that stuff um you know and after freshman year i did i did boot camp paris island after sophomore year i did uh, infantry school camp lejeune after junior year i think i did i don't even know what i did and then after senior year that's when i had to actually do all the army stuff so after i had already graduated so um I, yeah i didn't know what the different branches were really i didn't even research it nothing i just signed up and, but I do remember filling out a, 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 like a top five, top five, top six list. And um, I, I don't even remember what I put on there. Um, but I, I didn't know what air defense was. So I don't think I put air defense on there at all. And then I was a, I was a half year grad, a December grad. You know, I wanted to make sure I got everything I could out of college. So I did, was on the four and a half year program. And um, so I was a half year and they kind of just said in, uh, I think in like November, December, like, hey, you're going to, you're going to El Paso in, uh, you know, in February for ADA OBC. And, and I was like, well, what is this? Like, I, I didn't had no idea what it was. 
And uh, so I started researching it and, um, and that's when I, that's how I got into ADA. What was your first, what was your first, uh, are you SNORAD out the get go or have you always been Patriot and Hawk or what, what's your background? Yeah, I was um, SHORAD until I was a battalion S3. So I, my first assignment was 11th ACR. And um, it's at Fort Irwin, separate, separate battery. You know, usually people are confused. They think when you say Fort Irwin, you mean that you were an OC. But no, I was the, I was the op four side. Uh, fantastic. Best assignment you could have um, as a brand new second lieutenant. Uh, the, you know, the amount of rotations that we had we had one every month and so we got to fight fight blue for every month and you learn a ton by by that rep those repetitions so yeah i loved it it was a great 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 assignment some great uh great leaders there it was a separate battery though so um you know i didn't i didn't really still know much about ada because it was it was a you know an acr and so we're literally the only battery in the whole regiment um, so a lot of the customs and, and um, historical type things that we did were all ACR stuff. They weren't like, uh, there wasn't really a tie too much to, to ADA. Yeah, I, I felt the same way in the 82nd for a while. And then you realize, you know, you go back to Bliss enough and you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot of different traditions that ADA has that other folks don't have. What are some tra ADA traditions that you really like? Um, well, you know, obviously the St. Barb's, so that's, a um, that's something that, uh, that I like doing, um, man, what else? I don't know. The only, I'm not sure how many traditions I know. I know, I know Lieutenant traditions, you know, like getting duct taped to a, to a Humvee and then, and then getting driven around the desert, that, those type of traditions. Those are, you Tell know, that's, that uh, one. yeah, I want to hear about, yeah. was that you? Oh yeah. 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 That was a part of the initiation back in the day in the 90s you know you get tossed out of the army probably for that now um but uh yeah done out of love you know it's like kind of you made it you know when when uh when your soldiers uh <laughs> i guess respected you enough to throw you on the top of a humvee duck duct tape you there uh duct tape you you know everything um and then kind of you know it's not like they're going 60 miles an hour down the road it's just you know a little thing and then uh they kind of cut you loose and um let you flop around like a fish for a minute, take some incriminating photographs and you're good to go, man. And you're part of the team. So they did that to you as a Lieutenant out in, uh, at Irwin. At Irwin. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. great. So you're right. That is, that is a welcoming to the, to the party. It says you're, you're okay. You're one of us because if it wasn't, you'd either be hurt really bad and calling the MPs or you'd probably be dead. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's great. There's so many, so much field time, you know, out there. It's like, uh, you know, every, every month you're out for like at least a week or more, I forget, maybe like nine days or something. And, and, um, you know, the deal when you're out in the field for a long time, over and over and over again, people start getting two things. They get really, really, really good at their jobs and then they get stir crazy. Um, and uh, that's when they start getting all the bright ideas. That's true. That's true. So tell me about, you know, uh, your next assignment. Where, where did you go from Fort Irwin? Where was your battery command and stuff? Uh, battery command was Alpha 5.5 in 2ID in Korea. Oh, yeah. wow. So, uh, 
as fantastic assignments. So I went obviously back to to uh, advanced or captain's course at Bliss, um, and then kind of re-linked up with everybody because again, that we know at, at Fort Irwin there was there was when I got there, I think I was the first platoon leader. Um, so there was an XO, and then over the course of the three or four years I was there, two. I think two other lieutenants came. So that's it. That's all I knew. I knew about five people in ADA, you know, that were um, lieutenants or, or even the battery commander, I guess. But um, so got a good chance to kind of meet everybody at captain's course and then went out to uh, to two ID. And it was kind of the same where it was uh, a separate battery uh, with uh, with first BCT on, uh, on Camp Casey, uh, kind of up north there. But um, yeah, five, five over there. It was a, fantastic unit with uh, uh bob delgado as a dragon slayer six a fantastic uh fantastic leader oh yeah that's great what year was that that was oh one. Oh wow yeah, yeah. 2001 yeah. to 2003 yeah i did so just, you had just the, under just two years there you had the bsfv bradley stinger fighting vehicle is that what y'all had that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They were like the oldest, the oldest uh, Bradleys in the fleet. Um, I think were the ones in Korea. But yeah. So they, yeah, like the old school one. So in 01, you know, we're doing like, um, what did they call it? What was the futures thing called? Like uh, Fort Hood was doing, I think it was like force 21 or something like that. Or, or um, I forget what they called the back then. And uh, they had the linebackers in, uh, Fort Hood, I think. But uh, yeah, we had the old school things where, you know, you're just running out of the back of it. So I had two Bradley platoons and then a Stinger Humvee platoon. So what was your vehicle? You got to ride around in a, in a Bradley or you probably had a little four-seater Humvee with a yeah. bunch of antennas on it? Yeah, yeah. Humvee and then the 113 was the command post. So we plugged oh. that bad boy into the uh, into the brigade, uh, the brigade talk, yeah. The big one, the big M, was it a five, 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 seven, or I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the big old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those yep. things were big yep. old hulks, man, driving them suckers around. Yep. Yeah, it was a great, another great assignment. I mean, uh, you know, Korea is just, uh, just constantly, constantly going. And Korea, going from exercise to exercise, gunnery, oh, wow. um, FTX, exercise, gunnery, FTX, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Yeah, Korea, it's like, it was like back in those days, they had to send you to the field to keep you busy, to keep you out of the trouble, you know, otherwise there was crazy in a way. Oh, you, yeah, you're not lying. I mean, uh, you know, we used to, my first hour and I used to um, talk about, man, if, if we could just keep some of these soldiers on duty, they'd be the damn star major of the army. You know what I mean? They're just so good. And then, um, you know, come 18 19 20 hundred man the wheels just come flying off you get a call so and so's in a turtle ditch you gotta go get them out yeah that, that that'd be a good phone call you know most of the time it was hey you know private whoever lieutenant whoever's on the mp station down at the front gate need a commander to go pick him up I don't roger that <laughs> do you remember a trying time as a battery commander you remember giving your first article 15 or anything like that 
Oh, no, I don't remember. I don't remember uh, giving too many as a battery commander. Um, I think maybe I just did a handful of them. Uh, I mean, I remember the first field grade that I sat in as a battery commander for for one of my soldiers, and it was one of those. Uh, I still remember. I'm not. Gonna, I probably. I'm not going to say his name, but um, freaking great kid, you know. And um, did something stupid. I don't even remember. I have no idea what it was. I don't know why it raised up to the level of a field grade, but for whatever reason, it did. And uh, everybody was just freaking pucker factor you know i mean everybody was just uh, you know real scared walking into the office and you know we had all had our stories lined up and all that stuff me and the chain of command to try to go to bat for this guy and uh you know it's uh i don't remember too much about it other than you know the pucker factor high and everybody was just nervous even the chain of command never mind the soldier and so i always think about that when uh you know when i was a battalion commander i always remembered that and even as a brigade commander, you know, doing Article 15s, I'm like, okay, you know, because you, you want to give these guys a fair shot. I mean, some of them got it, it's cut and dry, black and white. Uh, but others, like, man, you gotta, you gotta allow these guys to to say say stuff, to 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 present their present their matters. And so I always give them multiple chances because a lot of times they're so nervous they don't even want to talk. You know, it's like, what else, what else you got? I mean, you got anything? What do you want to say for yourself? You know what I mean? It's like, nothing. I'm good. It's like, no, 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 calm down. <laughs> say something, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I found a couple of times where I was, you know, making people notes ahead of time and saying, Pierre, hold this in your hand. And when they ask you, you read this. And they, they did. <laughs> and it was, it was helpful. It was. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, you do. Yeah, you yeah. want your soldiers to present themselves well. You know, if they messed up and just messed up, you don't want them to be slammed. You know, Command Sergeant Major Heather Smith said it the other day. Uh, corrective, you know, training is the best thing ever, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I remember that. I don't remember giving too many uh, company grades. I think I probably did a few of them, um, but nothing memorable there. But that's that's the one thing I remember from Korea as far as uh, as far as UCMJ goes, was that when everybody was standing tall in front of the man. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. So, so tell me, tell me about the next step. I think I met you probably around the next step. You were end up in, in, uh, teaching, I think, uh, as a mentor yeah. or something, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was supposed to, um, you know, it's funny, my buddy, uh, Rob Boniscus, we were, we were battery commanders together and, uh, he was supposed to go teach and, um, and I was supposed to go to NTC to be an OC. And, um, but I just come from there. And so when I got the orders, um, I told, uh, you know, I, I think I told my, my boss, my battalion commander, and um, I forget exactly how it went down, but basically they, they flip-flopped the, our orders. So he went, he went to NTC because they didn't want me going back after I was just there for four years. But I mean, I loved it. I loved the NTC. I would have gone back in a heartbeat. Uh, but they, they flip-flopped us, and we kind of joked about that for years, uh, Rob and I did. But, yeah, so I went there to captain's course to, to, to be a, an SGI instructor there. Yeah, good job. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. where we you, met, you, like maybe. Like, so you that's were, where you, that's where you and I met. There. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What, what yeah, do you remember yeah. about teaching captain career course? Oh, man, I, I 
I remember a ton. I, uh, I loved it. It was, uh, it was, it was, I don't know, I guess it was right up my alley, but, uh, it was, uh, a little bit intimidating at first because you're teaching your peers, you know what I mean? And, and, um, after, after I graduated CCC, I graduated in, in, I think like June or something like that. And I was in battery command in August. So it was quick. And then I, I came out and then I started teaching. So really the people that are, that I was teaching are like barely two years behind me. So I wasn't necessarily an extremely seasoned uh, captain. I just come out of battery command. I had like one more job than them. So it was, um, it was, it was, it was fun though. I liked it. Teaching peers was good. And you know, the other interesting dynamic was, and that was in 2003. So when I was there teaching maybe the second or third rotation, you know, who showed up a bunch of folks that had, had um, deployed for the war in 03. And so then we had a great dynamic of uh, a lot of folks that, that came in with some really, really, really good experiences um, that obviously we hadn't, we hadn't had in years and years and years that, that they could share with the, with the rest of the class. So I found out pretty quick how to facilitate, you know, rather than uh, me standing up there like I knew what the heck I was talking about. Amen. Amen. Tell, I remember, I always remember you being very fitness oriented and phys physically fit. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about your, your fitness and stuff. Uh, yeah, I just, I love working out. I still, I still do to this day. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just something that, that I like doing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I just, that I'm just one of those type of people, I guess, that I'd rather do, uh, workouts than, um, than read or, or whatever, you know? Are you, uh, um, are you real, real, real competitive or is it okay if you, if, if you lose every once in a while? Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I guess, uh, I'm competitive with myself, you know, like after you get a, a 300 on the, at least in my head on APFT, I, I, I can't go backwards. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't get a 295 after I already got a 300 because I proved that I could do it. So what that means to me is if I don't do it the next time, it's not because I couldn't do it. It's because I didn't have the will to or the discipline to do it so that and that was I don't know maybe that's a little little crazy but so I had to keep like the run of uh the run of 300s going right up until <laughs> we changed to the ACFT is uh oh, wow. that's it you know it's like okay I had I have to I have to keep progressing I cannot go back tell tell me about uh, tell me tell me about your 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 uh your time's like, are you a good shot? You know, are you good at shooting and those kinds of things? Uh, I am okay. Um, you know, back, uh, I mean, I prefer the, you know, the, the rifle, but, you know, obviously we, we carry the, the pistol uh, uh, for, for years and years now. And I got uh, reacquainted with, uh, with the M4, you know, when I was, um, when I was deployed. So that was kind of, kind of cool getting the, getting a lot of, um, trigger time on on the rifle again but um yeah i mean it's not something that i'm not really a gun guy i mean i like going to the range i like shooting um you know but uh i, I don't own any any weapons uh, any 
you know, I've never, I, I don't do that as a, as a hobby. Right. Right. So uh, tell me about deploying and, and, you know, maybe did you, did you fire your, have you fired your weapon, you know, at the enemy? Have you been fired at? Have you been in danger? Yeah. I mean, we had, um, I was on a MIT team in Iraq in uh, 2006. So that was, uh, you know, we were embedded with the, with the, with the Iraqis, Iraqi battalion and um, had a great bunch of uh, soldiers with us. And um, what they did was um, in 06, you know, basically everybody had deployed like a ton of times. And so they're running out of people, you know, the army as a whole is running out of people. So they emptied out all the schoolhouses, right. And they just sent them. And that's where I got, where I got caught up back then in 05 and, uh, and 06 really end 05 into January 06. And so we were there with like a hodgepodge of, of, of people from that were instructors or that were reservists or that were whatever IRR, you know, even IRR. So my, my MIT team was a bunch of fantastic folks. And um, I think, uh, I think there was four active duty and five reservists on our team. It was something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, just a phenomenal, phenomenal soldiers in that uh on that team and my boss was uh, an aviator he was the team chief and i was like the deputy and then um we had uh two guys from the irr one or three one was uh we call him grandpa right he was probably my age now but you know um that's what uh he was the old guy he was the e8 uh, paget mike paget and then we had um a another old guy two other old guys the irr guys were all old one was a one was a history teacher um from marblehead mass bob colfer and then one was um was a uh perez was um like an adjutant um something like that i forget um and then um and then we had a, a reservist who was a paramedic great kid um bosh he was a specialist and um who else did we have oh and then uh yeah we had another another um an fa guy um on there and then a cut and then a couple others so it was a uh, it was just like a hodgepodge of, of folks from from everywhere yeah it's a good time i bet i bet so you know it's got to be interesting to work with with you know folks from a foreign army when you know they've had a history of all of a sudden just out of the blue just shooting at people and stuff did did y'all have to deal with any of that we we dealt with um man i loved them i love the iraqis uh we were one of the mid teams that had a good iraqi counterpart unit and there were some out there that were were not good um the uh and i don't it's just luck of the draw i guess so we had a we had a um a battalion battalion is like 100 people you know but um they had, they had some fighting experience so when we went in there to we were supposed to train them right this hodgepodge bunch of army guys that went to north fort hood for three months and and learned all this stuff and then we were supposed to go and train them how to be infantry whatever you know but luckily we got there and um, they had been fighting for like a year. So they were, they were pretty trained, 
they're pretty good. They can go in and take down a house or do a or snatch up a guy or, or cordon and search and all that stuff. So they, they were pretty good. And, but it was only like a core group of them that were good. And then everybody else was, was on leave, <laughs> but um, they were, they were fantastic. Uh, yeah. I got a lot of, a lot of stories about uh, the Iraqis, our friends, and we had some great interpreters too. We had four local national uh, interpreters and one uh, U.S. contractor. I'm still actually friends with most of them to this day. Did uh, so as a leader? Do you notice a difference between an American soldier and a soldier from someplace else? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's always the um, the obvious one about the NCO Corps, and that's what always shines through. Um, at any of these type of, of um, you know, working with, with any of these other armies is the professionalism of the U.S. Army NCO Corps. It, I mean, that's the Army, right? It's the backbone for a reason. And um, so that's really the, the main difference. Now, when, when you look at, and then the, the other one I would say is, is training level. You know, so you could take a bunch of guys like us, um, the hodgepodge, IRR, reservists, people who had never done really much of this type of thing, go in there and we could actually, we were pretty competent and had the ability to train them on different things. So the training level was, um, is higher with, uh, I think with our soldiers, but NCO Corps, that's the, that's the thing. The officers are basically the same, I think, you know, and, uh, you know, they, um, they, the Iraqis were extremely clever. You know, they would think of things um, that were like, oh, wow, that's a freaking great idea. Yeah, let's do it. You know, they would just come up with this stuff. And I think it's because they have, when you don't have resources and when you don't have like everything perfect, you, you have this like, you know, ingenuity, I think that um, develops in those types of situations. So I was always impressed by that. Yeah. Did, did you consider, and I think you've already kind of answered this in a way, I, I take it you considered the Iraqis that you work with to be, to be your friends and, and patriots alongside of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, um, you know, I was there in 06, right? So I was there when, um, when Saddam was hung. Um, and, you know, I was talking to <laughs> the Iraqi lieutenants, they, they could care less. You know, some of the some of the old school guys, right? The lieutenant colonels and the colonels that had been around, they still had that uh, that attitude of, oh, back in the day, you know, we were organized, we were equipped, we were we were good, you know. So they had that pride in like old school Iraqi army because they were an army, you know, they had uniforms that matched, you know what I mean? Um, and like we're, we're coming down here, right, to Australia. And uh, I got the new, basically, it looks like BDU pattern, um, camouflage, right? And I had, but my, but my ACH, my Kevlar, had the old gray digital pattern. And, um, and I was talking to my CSM, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to look like a soup sandwich if I, if I got this this thing on right so i go in my and one of you know the battalion commander and one one was able to to grab one for me and before i came down here so anyway because i wanted to look uniform 
you know, and so that's kind of like their mentality was they felt like perhaps maybe they felt like they were not legitimate because they're united. Half of them didn't have uniforms, they didn't have boots, they didn't have this and that and the other thing. So I think that was some of the the mentality from the old school guys. They were proud of 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 their of themselves back in the day. The lieutenants, they the ones that were not in the old army, could care less. They were about going out, finding bad guys, and doing what they had to do. So I was impressed by their by their lieutenants. Oh, that's great. That's great. <clears throat> so tell me what was next in your career. You come, you come back from the mid team, you got to go to an S3 or an XO job or something like that somewhere. Yeah. So I went back to, uh, back to bliss and, um, uh, Bob Carl was my boss in, uh, the, 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 um, leadership division, which was like, you know, a neighbor division from the schoolhouse. And um, I worked for him for about a year. And I remember one day um, I was walking in, it was February, it was Valentine's day. And I was walking to my office and he goes, Hey man, he goes, uh, don't, don't, don't bother. Uh, don't bother going to the office today. Just grab your stuff and head over to 11th brigade. You got a S3 job over there. I was like, okay. So that's, that's what I did. I picked up my stuff and drove across the tracks to 11th Brigade, reported in um, to uh, to 143. Um, they had just got back from Korea, I believe, or, 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 or recently. It had been a short time, and um, I popped in there and uh, took over as the as the S3. John Tell Chavez was that. a battalion commander. Who? Uh, John Chavez was battalion commander. Fantastic guy. You know, he's a judge out in uh, New Mexico. I read his stuff. I was just reading one of his articles the other day. Yeah, yeah great, great, great American. Um, I got to look him up. Yeah, yeah, fantastic guy. Yeah, so uh, that was great. You know, I um, when I got back from Iraq, I knew that that was 07. Um, there's, there's no more, you know, there's very, very, very rare of a shore ad unit. So I knew that I had to start studying. And so I just broke open the books and started reading doctrine, Patriot doctrine, and um, sat in on a bunch of Top Gun courses right down the hall. I'm, and I'm not doing anything else anyway. So I'm going to take advantage of being in the schoolhouse, uh, sat in a bunch of uh, Top Gun courses, sat on a couple of uh, the defense design boards and whatnot. And then, yeah, and then went over and uh, took over as S3. and. Um, I loved it all, you know, I'm, I'm a, an ops guy, you know? Um, and so that's all, yeah, I, I loved it. Oh, Learned wow. a lot of great lessons from, from, you know, going to a unit where, you know, you were not a Lieutenant. It, I mean, you were not, you didn't grow up as Patriot, right? So what was your biggest growing pain going from Shorad to, to the Patriot? Um, I don't I think I really had any growing pains. Um, it is what it is, you know what I mean? I, you know, people, what I found out in the army is, um, most everybody has a, has an answer to their own question. And so a lot of times people come and ask, ask you for, Hey, what am I supposed to do for whatever this is? 
And, uh, you know, it's pretty simple. Like, well, what's the, what's the standard? Uh, okay, well, go find the standard and come back and then we'll talk about it, right? So then they leave, they go find the standard, come back. And say, okay, well, the standard is this. So, okay, well, I guess that's what we're doing. You know, so it's like, really, I just, I just, um, that's the technique I used is, is um, I don't like to tell people what to do. I like to have them figure out what to do on their own and then back brief me, you know, um, I don't, I never liked making, if I'm a major, I want to make major decisions, not captain or Lieutenant decisions type of thing. So, and a lot of questions that I found that people were asking were like stuff they should have already known. Like, man, why are you asking me about, you know, whether I should do table one before I should do table two, you know, what the heck's table one PMCS? Well, you probably need to learn how to PMCS. You know, so a lot of the answers are already there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, looking looking at kind of where you're at now uh, and, you know, your trajectory and what, what's been going on, you know, tell me who's proud of you. Who's, who's proud of me? Yeah, who's proud of you? Yeah. Who, 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 um, who prays for you at night when they lay their head down? Yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely, uh, you know, my, my, obviously my family, you know, my wife, Bree, um, and, uh, and my parents. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You know, Bree is, uh, she's fantastic. She, we met in the army. Um, she was, uh, an army nurse. She did eight or nine years, uh, in the army, got two tours. Yeah. She had a tour in 2003, right. Um, army nurse, ICU nurse, critical care nurse. And um, so you can imagine what she saw in the year 2003 in, in Iraq. So um, she's, she's who you need to have on Damn Heroes, your heroes program. Um, she's fantastic. Yay, let's uh, do it. <laughs> uh, she, um, and then she went back again in 2006 and um, she volunteered to go back because our, our, our deployment cycles were, we were off cycle. So she, she deployed and then she came back and then I deployed. And then she, she knew that when I came back in 07, since she got back in 04, she, she was gonna go back. Um, so she volunteered to go back um, just to sync up our timelines, our deployment timelines. Yeah. So she did, uh, did another tour in, uh, 06, 07. And then, uh, she got out in, uh, in 08, I believe. And that's when we, that's when we started having, having kids and got married. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We got married before, uh, before, um, I deployed in January of, uh, of 06. Uh, Cause we had planned on, on doing it, I think in like the summertime or something like that. So we're like, you know what, let's just knock it out. So we had our, uh, our pastor um, come over to her house and her living room. And we got married in her living room with our parents on, on speaker phone and, and two of our, three of our friends there. Yeah. That was our wedding. Oh, that's, great. that's great. Right. It, it is amazing. Um, when you hear people talk about weddings and birth of children and uh, you know how military families did things, and how how 
things were experienced. It's really wild. Thanks for your service. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate your service. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, now you're a brigade commander in Japan. I mean, that's really cool. What are your biggest current challenges that you're dealing with? Um, it's got a lot going on. Um, you know, there's like, it's just like the normal stuff, I guess. Just nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, um, we have, uh, like, I think probably everybody more, more mission and we have resources, you know, so there's all this stuff we want to do and we just can't get to it. And so it's the balance of how much are we going to wear ourselves out? You know, so what, what are we going to get the most bang for our, for our buck out of, um, we had a, we had a Patriot battery from Okinawa, just deploy up to an Island, um, South of mainland Japan, but North of Okinawa, um, to just conduct a deployment exercise to link up with some Japanese. And then they just went back to Oki yesterday and the other battalions here. I mean, the other battery is here, um, with us, the headquarters and battalion headquarters. And then, uh, and then we're going to um, Hawaii for a live fire in August. And then, uh, and then we're going to Guam for an exercise. So we're just bouncing all bouncing all over the Pacific, um, which uh, is fantastic messaging. It's great for the mission, great for the soldiers to go out and do, I mean, two live fires, you know, live fire next week, and then one, three months from now, you know, I mean, I, I made it all the way till uh, battalion command before I, before I saw a live fire, a Patriot live fire, you know, so, and now it's, um, now we're getting, the soldiers are getting it to, to do a couple of them within, uh, within 90 days. So it's a, uh, it's great training, but get, we got, I guess COVID stuff is kind of, I, I don't really see that as um, it, it's, it's something that we have to mitigate like everything else. And that's what we do. Yeah. Over my time, I realized just how resilient soldiers were. If you just told them what was going on to the best of your ability and took care of them, they loved it. They enjoyed the adventure, you know, even if it was sit around and wait half the time, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. It'll be, it'll be worth it. Tell me about Battalion Command. Battalion Command was great, man. Uh, it's 2015. Um, yeah, it's uh, 2015, went to, um, to Fort Sill, 32ADA, and with a deployment timeline line of December. So, I, you know, I took command in June and deployed to uh, UAE and Jordan half and half for, uh, for that December. And um, fantastic, fantastic uh, time at Battalion Command, you know, had... Uh, had your buddy Gary Plotnick um, as my battle buddy there for uh, for for battalion command almost till the end, um, and uh, and then they they pulled him to go to tenth, and I got Tammy Sue Coleman for about three months, uh, so a couple fantastic uh, CSMs. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Tell me, tell me a few more mentor or NCOs or officers or or soldiers that, that you can, you know, you can talk to me about, you know, who, who is it that stood out to you? Um, man, I got, I got so many, um, I, I mean, so many, 
NCOs that uh, have influenced me throughout my career. When I when I was a platoon leader, um, my my two section sergeants, I had Sergeant, Sergeant Roberts, Sergeant Green. Um, I wish I knew their their first names, but I can't remember them. I'm back at the NTC, and then my in my second uh, the, the the second platoon that I was platoon leader for was um, was uh, Sergeant Perez. Man, I, I I forget his first name, but fantastic. And he was Sergeant Perez was the guy that was like I was like oh wow that's what that's what an E7 can do, you know um, because uh, you know that was back in the day where points for for sierras were like four nine whatever they were and so i had e5s that were in like 14 years and these guys were freaking just killers man they were awesome and um <clears throat> but then when i changed platoons and i had an e7 i was like oh wow there, there's there's still a difference right between an e5 and e6 and an e7 uh so fantastic guys sergeant perez um in uh, in korea um man so many so many good ones but you know first sergeants that i had um first sergeant uh, uh my first first sergeant was jesse gonzalez i don't know if you remember uh gonzalez but he was old school guys fantastic first sergeant uh, a, few, a few a few months i can't remember maybe like seven eight months we were we were there i did almost two years at in battery so i had uh multiple first sergeants and um Ryan Jones uh, was uh, my first sergeant uh, as well out there. So those guys had a, had a um, big impact on me. Um, uh, um, uh, Sergeant Major uh, Villarreal, um, he was uh, my Ops Sergeant Major when I was a Battalion S3. Um, so, you know, um, had, um, Man, I can't remember everybody now, but yeah, fan, fantastic guy. Obviously, obviously, uh, you know, Plotnik and um, ba basically my battle buddies is what I'm saying. You know, everybody who is like my my counterpart um, throughout the, throughout the years. You know, you, freaking Burnley, freaking all these guys at at the at the schoolhouse. I mean, there were some some superstars when uh, uh, when I was back over there in 03 to 05. You know, you guys were were fantastic and that's something I liked about the OBC or the Bolick program is you had the platoon sergeant you know obviously the captains were yeah we, we just had other captains but so being able to to work with uh with you guys as even though you were on the OBC side as as platoon sergeants it was obviously extremely beneficial to to captains as well so yeah yeah that was so much fun such good times you know such good times so so what's the future hold for you? You know, you, you look in, you look into general one day, uh, you know, what, what are you thinking about? Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I always take it one, one duty station at a time. You know, when I was a, when I was a first Lieutenant, I, uh, I was interviewing for, for civilian jobs. I had my resume out there and, um, and I, and, I came down on the captain's list. And so then I just stayed in, but I had, uh, you know, a couple of my buddies that were lieutenants were getting out. And that was kind of the back then in 2000, you know, in 1999, I mean, 2000, it's like, okay, you do your three years. You know, I, um, I didn't have a four-year commitment. 
I only had a three year because I was just on contract. So three years I'm out and done, but I pop pop positive for captain and stayed in. And uh, so that's, um, I just take it one, one, one job, one, one, one location at a time. And I think I'll probably be going back, back East for my next assignment. I, I don't know that, uh, but I'm guessing um, they got a, you know, the Pentagon's where they stuff all the, you know, the old, uh, old, old colonels. Um, and that's fine. I got, uh, you know, my family's, like I mentioned, they're, they're in Connecticut and, um, and New Jersey. So that's a quick, uh, quick three to four to seven hour trip up in 95, I-95 there to, to go visit them. And, and so they'll be able to, you know, see the grandkids. And I got two older girls that, that live out there as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing the family. You know, my last assignment was Hawaii. So I haven't seen a lot of my family now or, or next year will be almost, uh, will be over four years. So yeah, looking forward to seeing them. You know, General Holler was my battery commander when I, how he selected me to be a platoon sergeant for him when I was a staff sergeant. And uh, when you yep. see him, tell him I love him, you know, and I can't wait. One of these days, he's going to cut on here and talk to me. I hope so. I haven't asked him formally yet. So he hasn't had a chance to say no. So <laughs> I'll let him know that uh, you got him scheduled for, uh, for next week. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. He, uh, yeah, he is a true treasure. I love that guy. And I love you, sir. I sure do appreciate you taking an opportunity to talk with me. Uh, you're over in Australia. It's early in the morning, your time, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been up for a couple hours. It's uh, it's almost nine o'clock. So yeah, I'm good to go. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, well, sir, what I'd love for you to do, if you don't mind, is is call your unit to attention and give us a good salute and sign out. And uh, let's end this episode of, of Colonel Matthew Dalton, Heroes I Know. Sir, I love you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna kind of do it quiet since, uh, since I'm in the hotel room here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, here we go. Brigade, attention. <gasps> Matt Dalton, signing off. Oh, I love it, sir. Thank you, sir. I sure do appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. True pleasure. See you, brother. Appreciate oh, you. Absolutely.